thanks for joining us at the Ham South Podcast Network. If you're interested in joining us in our services, we meet at 10am on a Sunday at 131 or Hoporo in Melbourne. We'd love to see you there. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Neon Kids Program. Neon is a before and after school care and school holiday program for primary and intermediate students. Neon has two centres operating in Rotatuna and in Melville. For more information, visit www.neonkids.co.nz. That's www.neonkids.co.nz. Now to the pod. So... For those of you who were here last week, you might remember that we talked um, about the generosity of God. And so we talked about the generosity of God and we started right back at the very beginning. We started back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And we started in that beautiful, lush garden that was full of goodness where Adam and Eve dwelt with God and they lived with him and they enjoyed all that he had provided them with. And then we talked about how Adam and Eve went a little bit off the rails. At the instruction of the serpent, they ate that forbidden fruit. And when they did that, they made the statement that they thought, can we really trust God? Has he really given us everything we need? They made the statement that they believed that God might be holding out on them. And we called that a scarcity mindset, a mindset that tells us that there's never enough, that there's always more to be had and more to be gained. And because of Adam and Eve's actions, the scarcity mindset, it kind of trapped all of humanity and everyone became a little bit tainted with it. And scripture tells us these stories of people who lived believing that there wasn't enough. Enough. They lived in shame and in fear, and what that caused was stories of violence, of anger, of betrayal, and of jealousy. But God never wanted his people to live in that way. He never wanted them to be trapped within their own scarcity mindset. And so he began to rewrite the story from the perspective of abundance. And he began that with his son, Jesus, when he was born into this world. So during his time on this earth, Jesus lived with a mindset of abundance. He trusted that in God there is enough and that there always will be enough. He trusted in God's goodness. But humanity, they still couldn't get themselves out of the scarcity mindset. And so Jesus had to die in order to defeat that lie that said God isn't enough. God's holding out on you. And he died to prove God's sacrificial and generous love for his people and his creation. And Jesus, he embodied the sacrificial and generous love in his life. He lived sacrificially and generously in his time on earth. And he never missed an opportunity to be generous towards those that he met. Whether it was with his attention, his time, his resources, or even with his whole self. And now we are the ones who carry God's presence here on earth, as we have been generously gifted the Holy Spirit, the same power that was within Jesus and the same power that raised Christ from the dead. By the power of the Holy Spirit within us, we can live like Jesus did, in this mindset of abundance, trusting that in God there always is enough. 
And because we always know, because we can trust that in God there's always enough, we need to live from this abundance, to live sacrificially and generously to those that we meet and seize every opportunity we come across to be generous and to share the sacrificial and generous love of God. And so that's just a brief recap of what we talked about last week, because today we're going to continue talking about the generosity of God, but more specifically, how do we respond to that generosity? Much like last week, I'm going to start in the Old Testament um, and see how God called his people, the Israelites, to respond to his generosity. And then we're going to move into the New Testament and see how Jesus demonstrated how to live in response to God's generosity. So we're going to start with Malachi 3 um, to read how God called his people, the Israelites, to respond to his generosity, generosity towards them. So I'm going to read from verse 7 to 12, if you wanted to turn there with me. So from verse 7. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from, your, from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe says the Lord of, the he of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now Malachi's congregation, they were a tough crowd. And so his sermons, they had to be sharp and they had to be to the point. And he often shaped them around kind of a rhetorical question um, about different disputes or arguments that they might have been having at the time. In Malachi, in his sermons, he tried to anticipate what he thought um, their rebuttal might be, what their questions would be towards his sermon. And so his sermons acted as a bit of a wake-up call to those who heard them, reminding them that God was about to move. In this snippet that we've just read, it's Malachi's fifth message in the book of Malachi. And this message is no exception. Malachi calls his people to attention and calls them to repentance because they have been cheating God. Oh, cheating God. What a, what a crazy thing to say. When would we have ever cheated God? That's what Malachi thinks that they will say. And so he tells them what God would say back. You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Oh, money chat. Are you really going to go there, God? Yes, yes he is. And just to clarify from the start, um, tithes and offerings could be different things. 
tithes. Um, in Malachi's days, the tithes were what? They were, were required in the law to give to the temple. So they were required to give 10% of what they had of the produce of their land. Whatever they were producing from their land, 10% of that had to go back to the temple. And from that tithe, it was the priests, the orphans, the widows, the foreigners, all of those people, they were looked after through what was given in the tithe. And then the offerings, these were like additional gifts that people would give or sacrifices and things like that. Um, It could include produce, material goods, sometimes personal valuables. Um, And the priests were permitted to use like portions of the sacrifices for their own food or to feed, to, yeah, to feed those who they were supporting. And so without the required tithe or the additional offerings, because the Israelites weren't giving that, it was the ministries that the temple supported that were failing. Because of the Israelites' lack of commitment to the law, they failed to show their loyalty to God in their worship. And because of the actions, God had been cheated or robbed And it was those that were supported through the temple that felt the loss most keenly. But for people who lived in a scarcity mindset, thinking that there wasn't enough for them or their own family, why why would they want to give money to God or give things to God in the temple? What were they going to get from it? Why would they give when they thought that they already didn't have enough? And it seemed like God anticipated those questions arising in their hearts. And so he reminded his people of his promises to them. God wants to see his temple and the ministries of his temple upheld and supported. And so he asks the Israelites to bring the full measure, bring all that they were due into the storehouse so that the temple might continue its work. God is a good father And he desires to bless his children who are responsive to him. God promises his children that he will bless them abundantly, taking care of their every need. He promises that their hard work will be prosperous and that he will take care of their land, that the insects and disease won't destroy it, that their crops wouldn't fall before they were ready. And knowing that his congregation would be reluctant. Malachi even calls them that you can test it. You can try the Lord on this because he knows that those promises are good. And he knows that if the people return to the Lord, expressing their faith in him and their dependence on him in their worship, their relationship with their Lord and their land, it will be restored. Because giving tithes and offerings for the Israelites, it wasn't simply another rule in the rule book. It was a part of their worship. In being obedient to God with their giving, the Israelites were declaring their trust and their faith in God. They were showing their dependence on him by relying on him alone to provide for their every need. And when you're living in a scarcity mindset not believing there is enough. This is no small declaration to make. When you're constantly asking, is there enough? Or where is more going to come from? It seems unthinkable to give any portion of what you have away. But what the sacrificial and generous God was, and still is asking, 
is that his people worship him sacrificially and generously in return. And when they do that, when they declare their trust in God and their dependence on him, God will bless them so abundantly that the only thing he says his people will lack is the room to take it all in. God calls his people to respond to his generosity by trusting in him there is enough and to worship him sacrificially and generously as it is in that place of sacrificial generosity that they will discover God's abundant blessings that he desires to pour out on them. At the time of Malachi, the people of God had worked themselves into a fairly desperate state. They had lived with their focus on themselves and what they lacked. And they, they weren't doing so well. Things weren't going too well for them. They were sitting in a mess only of their own making. And they kind of didn't have any hope. But Malachi was reminding them, hope is on its way. God is about to move. And hope came along in the form of a little baby born into the world as one of us. And Jesus, the saviour of the world, came to rewrite the story of God's people from the perspective of abundance, that God was and always would be enough. And in rewriting the story, Jesus didn't do away with the law. Rather, he fulfilled it. And as he fulfilled the law, simply living in the way that God had intended for his people, it allowed him to ooh, it allowed him to draw out and display the generous grace, compassion, and love of God. Like I mentioned earlier, last week we talked about how Jesus grasped every opportunity that he could to show the generosity of God, whether it was with his time, his attention, his resources, or with all of himself. Jesus just loved to display the generosity of God to those that he met. And the fun thing about Jesus and the stories that we get to read about Jesus is that they're not just fun or interesting stories, but rather they demonstrate to us today how we might live as people of God. And Jesus, he gives us a lesson in living generously in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. So if you wanted to turn there with me now. So starting from verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. 
Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Jesus couldn't have put it more plainly, really. In response to God's generosity, we must be generous to all others that we meet, and especially those who are considered the least of our societies. I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you watered me. I was a stranger, you housed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you cared for me. I was in prison, you visited me. Now, often the Bible doesn't give us step-by-step instructions, but that is pretty clear. From the perspective of abundance, Jesus calls us to be generous in the way that we live our lives, whether it is with our resources, feeding the hungry, watering the thirsty, clothing the naked, or whether it is with our attention, noticing the one without a home and inviting them into ours, or whether it is with our time, caring for the sick, visiting those who are in prison. And it came as a real surprise to those listening that day that these acts of ministry to those considered the least would be regarded as ministry to Jesus. But this is another way that we can respond to the generosity of God. We worship our sacrificial and generous God by living sacrificially and generously towards others. So how does scripture suggest that we respond to the generosity of God? By worshipping him sacrificially and generously with our resources, our time, our attention, and by sharing his sacrificial generosity with others. And so how do we as himself respond today to the generosity of God? I'd like to start by pointing out that here at Ham South, we are a bunch of generous people. We've seen this over and over again throughout the 60 years of life that this church has enjoyed. And I mean, a church doesn't reach 60 years unless it's full of generous people. 
I mean, just a couple of months ago, we put to you the cost of heat pumps out in our foyer area so that it's not freezing cold in the winter and not boiling hot in the summer. And, I mean, we didn't have the funding for it, but you stepped up and someone gave the money to improve this environment that we worship in. And whenever there has been working bees or teams of people required to complete various projects around this place, those projects have always been completed. People have given up their time to come here and to work on whatever it might be. And when rosters have started to get a little light and those who are on them are getting a little overworked, you guys have noticed and you guys have stepped in to fill those gaps or to fill the greater roster if it's need be. Ham South is full of generous people, and that is such an awesome thing. We are so lucky, and we are so fortunate that every single week we see that in action through people serving and giving their time. So thank you to everyone who gives anything to this place. We really appreciate it. But as as is church life, there are always going to be endless opportunities to give to this place or to our community. And this morning, I'd like us to get thinking, just quite specifically really, about how you might want to grow in your generosity as a form of worship to your God. At the AGM, Shannon and I talked about four specific areas um, that we saw, I guess, opportunities for growth in. Um, And they were being more friendly and welcoming, building a culture of respect throughout our church, becoming more anticipating of the Holy Spirit, and integrating with our community. So I want us to think this morning about how being generous in these areas will help us to grow together as one body, as the people of Himself. So if our goals are to become more friendly and welcoming and to build a culture of respect in this place, a big step towards achieving this is simply getting to know those who we gather with on a Sunday. Earlier this year, we had the Guess Who's Coming for Dinner event, which um, a reasonable number of families signed up for, and those who participated enjoyed a night of good food and just getting to know others that maybe they usually wouldn't spend time with. And we hoped that having this event would kind of encourage this a theme of maybe inviting people for dinner, inviting them for Sunday lunch, you know, just getting to know others over a meal. And so I wonder if you could generously give your invitation and your time to having others around to share a meal together, to get to know others in this place more, and to make this place a more friendly and welcoming church and to build a culture of respect. And if another goal of ours is to become more anticipating of the Holy Spirit, then we need to become a people of prayer and make this church a house of prayer. This year we've had the intercessory prayer group start, which they meet fortnightly on a Tuesday and they pray for and intercede on behalf of this place. And that is such an awesome step in this direction. And we would love to be able to cover our Sunday services in prayer, to have people praying for them before and during the services. 
And so we're going to be meeting intentionally from about 9.15-ish um, in the prayer room down the back there and just praying for the service, for those involved, for the worship team. So I wonder if you have the time or the attention to give generously on your Sunday morning to offer this place and these people to God. And if our goal is to integrate with our community, then we can get excited about these South Hamilton community dinners that have started within our community. This event, it offers simply an open space to bring community together so that people might share a meal with one another, share some conversation with one another, and get to know that those that they live near to. The next one is this coming Friday, the 29th of November. It starts at 6pm, and I wonder if you have the time that you could generously give to your community. If you could get down to the Glenview Community Centre, Friday from 6pm, share a meal with some people you may have never met before, simply for the sake of becoming more integrated with our community and getting to know those who live outside of this church. So those are just three possible things. I've only listed three. And like I said, there are endless things within a church and community that you could give any part of yourself to. And maybe as I've talked, God has kind of stirred you on one or more of these opportunities, but maybe also none of them have really grasped your attention. But maybe something else has come to mind. Another, play, another way or another place in which you can demonstrate the sacrificial generosity of God as worship to him. So what I've done is I have left some, I have left a pencil, because that's all that I could find, and some paper at the end of each um, group of chairs, or at the end of most of them. If you don't have some next to you, there'll be There'll be more to share throughout. Um, and if you would like to take one of those pieces of paper, you'll have to rip it in half because I don't think I did enough. But that's all right. There is more paper. There will always be enough. Um, but what I would like you to do is if you could take um, a, two pieces of paper and on those two pieces of paper, whether you rip it or whatever, you guys will work it out. Um, I want you to write the same thing or the same way or place in which you would like to show God's sacrificial generosity or the way that you would like to respond to him. Um, and yeah, So write the same thing on each piece of paper and you keep one for yourself and the other one, I'm going to get you to bring forward, I'll put this here, and put it into that basket there. And so the purpose of doing this is so that we can take ownership of our worship to God. God gives to us sacrificially and generously. In him, there always has been and there always will be enough. And he calls us to respond to him by living sacrificially and generously towards him and towards all others who we meet. So if you write down on those two pieces of paper the same thing, I mean, if you've got multiple things, write them, write them all down. We want to hear them. But when you are done with that, bring one of those pieces up and place it in this basket. And the purpose of walking up is not 
simply exercise for the sake of exercise, which is also good. But for you, as you move, as you walk up here, that is you taking a step towards living with a perspective of abundance, living life as trusting in God that there is always enough in him and taking a step towards responding to him sacrificially and generously. So take a moment or so now, just if, you want, if you'd like to take a moment to pray or to ponder, to dwell on that, and then write your things down. And when you're ready, there's no rush. When you're ready, just bring one of those forward and place it in the basket here. Joel's going to tinkle away for us on the piano as he does so well. And then the worship team will get up. Thanks again for joining us for this week's message. Before you go, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Neon Kids Programme. NEON is a before and after school care and school holiday program for primary and intermediate students. NEON has two centres operating in Rotatuna and in Melville. For more information, visit www.neonkids.co.nz. That's www.neonkids.co.nz. Thanks again.